Thanks for listening to Adopted Believers Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Nelson. In today's study of 1 John, we're going to be having sort of an overview of verses 13 through 21 in chapter 4. However, we're only going to be looking at verses 13 through 15 today. I was planning on doing an overview of the whole section. However, I got a little caught up in verses 13 through 15. So we're going to look at an overview of those today. And then we're going to finish our overview in verses 16 through 21 next time. So verses 13 through 15 read, By this we know that we abide in him and he in us, because he has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him, and he in God. So that verse probably sounded familiar to you. I know it did to me, because that's been a lot. That's, this passage has a lot of the themes that we've been going over. So one of the only new themes in this passage, verses 13 to 15, is the Holy Spirit. We haven't talked a whole lot about the Holy Spirit in this episode, but I'm sure you're familiar with the words, by this we know, and abide in him, and verses like this, and the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. Those are probably very familiar to you, and hopefully they are, because those are essential. And now John's adding on to that. So he's summarizing what he's talked about. He's talking about our confidence in God. So, where do we get confidence in God? Well, we get it from three places. One, confidence from the Spirit. This is what John starts out with in this passage. First, he says, By this we know that we abide in Him and He in us, because He has given us of His Spirit. So, I have a few, two verses that I want to look at that talk about the Holy Spirit and His relationship to us. So, John 14, 26, this is Jesus talking. He says, But the Helper... The Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. And Ephesians 1.13 says, In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. So we see in those verses that the Holy Spirit once seals us, preventing us from losing our salvation. We see that in the Ephesians passage. The Holy Spirit, like, I like that word, seal, like an airtight seal. We're not going anywhere. And so that sounds restrictive, you know, like, am I being forced into this? No, you weren't forced into your salvation. You chose your salvation. However, the Holy Spirit will prevent you from leaving. And that is an act of love because I, you know, sometimes we will be very dumb However, the Holy Spirit keeps us. So even when we are foolish and when we rebel against God, he points us back to Christ and helps us grow from that. He helps us grow from our mistakes and then see that sin and help kill it. And so the Holy Spirit also points us to the truth and beauty of the gospel and reminds us of God's word. Jesus talked about that, how he says that the Holy Spirit would bring to our remembrance all that Jesus said to us. So that carries a bit of like, when he says remember, he means that we should have some experience with what Jesus has said. So obviously you can't remember things that you've never seen before. 
So the Holy Spirit's not just going to implant in your mind the Bible. That's that's not how the Holy Spirit works. It's not like, like I wish this worked with studying in school, you know, where you just put the book on your head and then all the knowledge goes to you. That's not how the Holy Spirit works. You got to pour in the time. So how does the Holy Spirit primarily talk to us? Through the Bible. So sometimes we think that it's going to be this whisper that if we're really silent, that's how the Holy Spirit talks to us. No, the primary way he talks to us is through the Bible. That is how he primarily talks to us. He talks to us through the Bible. And I mean, I say that a lot because because the Bible is a huge book. And think about it. I mean, sometimes we think that our prayers involve only us talking. But in reality, have you ever talked to God for 1,000 pages worth of words? God has talked to you for 1,000 pages worth. So if anyone hasn't been talking enough, it's you. I mean, think about that. We sometimes think like, oh man, I just can't feel God talking to me. That's because you haven't been reading your Bible. Or you, when you're reading your Bible, you forget this is God talking to you. Of course God's been talking to you. He gave you a 1,000-page book. I mean, come on, guys. And this is something that I struggle with, you know? Just forgetting what exactly the Bible is and just how awesome it is to know that God has given this his word. God has given us his word. So next we're going to look at confidence in the historical authenticity of the gospel. So notice how John points to his having seen Jesus and having seen that he is truly the Son of God, sent to be the Savior of the world. He talks about that. He says, we have seen and testify. So it's not just something that he made up. It's not, so it's not like a political hoax or just a scheme. Romans 1.16 rather says, it's the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. And 2 Peter 1.16 says, For we did not follow cleverly devised myths when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. This isn't like they're just making this up. I mean, and who would make up and be willing to die for the gospel? It is so counter to our nature. It is a humbling religion. Who would make this up and who would be willing to die for it? But they were. Why? Because they were eyewitnesses. They saw that Jesus was the Son of God. And so finally, we're going to look at how we have confidence in the simplicity of the gospel. So while Jesus, while John's audience excuse me, was surrounded by heresy, John again stresses the importance of dogmatics rather than nitpicky theology. So when we're evaluating the authenticity of a teacher, we must look for what the Bible stresses as most important. And in this book, John repeatedly stresses the importance of Jesus' divinity. This theme is coming up over and over again, because it is crucial that the teacher that you listen to holds to this. Now, you should base who you listen to primarily on stuff that's not as dogmatic. However, at the same time, you shouldn't totally dismiss another teacher who holds to dogmatic Christian teaching, like Jesus' divinity. However, if the teacher you're listening to does not hold to that, then they are a false teacher. If they don't hold to Jesus being the God-man, fully God, 
fully man, then they are a false teacher. John is clear about the importance of Jesus' divinity, and we must be too. We must not back down on that. So, notice that a PhD isn't required for God to abide in you. John isn't like, for whoever knows, whoever's written a whole thick theology textbook, and maybe someone who's just read it, maybe, but write it for, just for safety, you know? He's not like that. He says, whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he in God. I don't see any PhD, no, like, you have to know all the ins and outs of theology. No, God isn't in the business of looking for geniuses. He looks for humble, repentant sinners who believe in Jesus, the Son of God. Thanks for listening to Adopted Believers Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast listening platform and share us with your family and friends. If you have any comments, questions, or concerns, please send them to me at daniel at adoptedbelievers.com.